Welcome to Chewing the Fruit. I'm Jules. And I'm Bex. Join us every other Sunday for rants, pants, and all things big girl pants. Bex, how are you? Fabulous. Coming at you from my brand new office. So I'm buzzing. I've been and bought new stationery, new glittery unicorn pens. <laughs> Some pumpkin candles, and I'm ready to go. How are you? You've got to, though, haven't you? You need new, you always need new stationery. Like, that's the girl thing because James was like, What do you mean? We need to go ask for new stationery. And I was like, Well, my current notepads don't really match the theme of the room. (laughs) And then this morning, I was like, I need a new flask. And he was like, What do you mean? And said, Well, this blue one just, it's just not feeling, you know, it's not fitting with the vibe of the office. So I'm going to go and get an orange flask, autumnal colours. That's what me and Ross went into Tesco's one day and as we walked through the door of Tesco's, it was like, how many notepads do we need today? I was like, just just the one. Never enough. How are you anyway? You're looking at sun-kissed, beautiful. Oh, it was brilliant and we just completely relaxed the whole time. Ate lovely food, did yoga and Pilates in the morning. Chilled by the pool in the afternoon. Yeah, it was just what was needed. Five days was perfect amount of time. And yeah, I feel refreshed and buzzing for the rest of the year. I know, but I was a bit turned off when you said that you don't like Aperol Spritz. I was like, whoa, I thought we were friends. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) So uh, as you know, when we share information, we base it on scientific fact. So I have conducted a scientific study via Instagram polls and it would tell me that the majority of people agree with me like it came out I think a hundred and something like 110 people voted on it and it was like 86 percent of people said no they don't like them and I'm like wow none of you have been speaking up before on Instagram everybody's been shouting about how good these things are and now now suddenly everybody agrees they are much better like at the top of a ski slope than they are in your house. It's one of them. You know where you've had, you've had like a nice holiday, you've enjoyed your wrapper on, then I've tried to copy it home and thought, oh, it doesn't quite match. So I think a lot of it's to do with the location for me. <laughs> I think expectation is a lot of it because I thought it was going to taste really fruity and really orangey because that's the way it looks and there's like an orange in it. And I thought this was going to be like a... I kind of thought it was maybe going to have like a sex in the beach kind of flavour to I it. like sweet where it's more, I don't know, people always ask me to describe it when they see me drinking it. I'm like, marmalade. Yeah. Isn't it? So when I got it from the bar, because it was the first one I've ever had, and I, I tried it tried it, and I was like, this is not what I expected. And I gave it to Jojo, my pal, and I was like, can you tell me, has he made this right? And she tasted it. She was like, yeah, that's what an apple tastes like. And I was like, wow. Let down. So... I'll, well, the good thing is, I mean, I'll not be wasting any of my calories on Aperol Spritz going forward because I don't mean. So, let's get into it. I think this is going to be a great one. This comes from the fact I was drafting a few little posts for my clients at the weekend and thought, there's only 14 weeks until we start a brand new year. So, 14 weeks left of 2023. First, I was like, oh, wow, where the hell's that gone? And then I was looking at it two ways. I thought, it's going to go in the blink of an eye in it. We're going to blink and it's going to be, you know, it's already Halloween. We're starting looking at Christmas. At the same time, 14 weeks is a significant amount of time 
to make some real tangible changes and see and feel progress if yeah. you start working on your new year goals right now so I thought it would be a good one hopefully a good motivational one for people yeah and I think a lot of what happens towards the end of the year or towards the end of anything people go ah it's nearly new year I'll start again in January 14 weeks is a long time you can yeah. completely change so many habits build new habits in 14 weeks if this was money you wouldn't be like okay it's only 14 pounds I'll just throw it in the bin you would keep 14 pounds and put it back in your purse but literally anything like we obviously talk about fitness and fat loss as our kind of main jam so if your goal was fat loss yeah 14 weeks is huge if your goal was fitness it's huge but anything you want to achieve so like literally any skill if you were consistent with it for the next 14 weeks imagine how much better you'd be by the time the new year rolls around yeah and you don't need to be like all consumed by it either even if you did something like say i don't know learn spanish say you did an hour a week for 14 weeks you would know so much more and actually I think we've kind of talked about this before about how we look at fat loss and fitness completely differently from all other goals. If you wanted to decorate your house, learn Spanish, anything like that, start growing your hair, nobody would think, I better wait till January. If you decided you wanted to go from a short haircut to a long haircut, you wouldn't think, I'll keep cutting it until January and I'll start growing it in January. You would start now, you would start today. So like any other goal, apply that to your fat loss and fitness. Start today, start now, don't wait for January. And starting now, like I can honestly say, anybody who has achieved results working with me has never, ever said, oh, I wish I'd just waited, I wish I'd put it off. They Mm -hmm. always say to me, I wish I'd started sooner, actually, because now I'm really seeing and feeling results. If only I'd just started then. So you're never going to regret starting. You might regret putting it off for another 14 weeks because when New Year rolls around, it's so overwhelming to start New Year with that huge list of resolutions, expectations that usually have sort of overlapped year after year after year because you wait till every January to start these New Year's resolutions, go at it hell for leather, and you've fucked it off by February. So... Why not start 14 weeks early, get a little head start in your race to wherever you're going? Like imagine how much further you could be by January. And I also think if you start now, you're going to make decisions from a much more sensible point of view. You know when you decide something when you're really, really tired and you're like, I'm going to I don't know, quit my job, I'm going to do whatever. Yeah. You're really, really tired and then you have a good night's sleep and you wake up the next day and you go, actually, it's fine, I'm not going to bother, I'm... I was a wee bit tired yesterday when I made that decision. That's what it's like in January because by the time it gets to the 4th of January or whatever it is, everyone has sat in their bum for so long, overindulged in all of the amazing Christmas food that they feel really bleh and they make really excessive decisions mm. because they're, they're coming from such a low point and they want to get back to feeling normal, which is higher. They make really excessive decisions and really over-restrictive decisions and far too much exercise and exercise they don't like. Whereas if you start now, think of now as your time. You've had a good night's sleep. You're in an all right position. Nothing much has happened really of late. So you can start making your decisions about your new plan, your new habits, your new lifestyle. You can make these decisions from a much more level-headed, sensible, logical point, which is going to make them 
way more sustainable than when you've had two weeks of cheese and biscuits and Christmas movies. Well, that's it. You get to a place, don't you? But by January, where you're like, oh, I never want to look at another <laughs> chocolate bar again. I never want to have another drink again. So you're going into January in that restrictive headspace, <laughs> thinking about what can you take out. So it's really common for us to work with people, isn't it? We're like, right, I'm going to cut out all sweets, all sugar, all alcohol. And you're going, mm, well, I already know you're going to fail. Because as soon as you start saying such restrictive restrictive statements, we know it's going to end badly. So why not start now? And then rather than taking anything out, just think about what little things can I add in? <laughs> so I'd be like, right, listen to this pod, decide. You're starting now. What one positive thing can you add in? Consistently tick it off for the next couple of weeks. If in two weeks you feel good, you feel really positive, let's add another little thing in. Imagine how many positive things you could add in between now and New Year that aren't taking a lot of effort, that aren't, you're not really having to put too much time, effort, thought into it, you're not feeling restricted. You've just added in nice little positives just to fill your cup up between now and what would be a usual New Year resolution panic. And actually, I know people are going to hear that and think, yeah, but if I want to lose fat, I do have to cut stuff out. Yeah, of course you do. However, if you focus on adding things in, like Beck said, the things that you would normally focus on cutting out kind of fall away by themselves. So you will still get the same result, but with this reframe and a different approach that we approach by adding things in, you don't actively need to give stuff up because the things that we're going to recommend that you add stuff in will naturally make those things that you want to give up just kind of slide away and the things that you've looked for before you might not look for anymore when you add some of our positives in so i've got a real tangible example that i've just had a check-in yesterday with a lady who um obviously when your goal is fat loss you know you're looking to be in a calorie deficit but with my clients i'm like sometimes you know things come up and we can't track our calories all the time or be completely in control that's life so one of her non-negotiables while she's kind of been away and had access to breakfast buffets was to hit five fruit and veg a day. And so that was an add-in, right? Nothing to do with calories. Well, what she found happened was because she started her breakfast with a bowl of fruit and yogurt to tick that box for me and her that she's doing that, she then didn't want to sit down to a plate of pastries yeah. because she felt full, she felt satisfied. She hadn't said, but I'm not having pastry. If she'd wanted one, she could have absolutely had it. But she picked that first. Let's add in a big bowl of fruit. And then she decided herself, oh, I don't want those other things. I can have them. I just don't want them. So that's what we're talking about, isn't it? Like how we naturally then shift. So, for instance, focusing on protein is going to keep you feeling full. You are naturally going to snack less. So rather than saying, I'm not going to eat any crisps in the afternoon, you probably just won't want them because you've had a high-protein lunch. And they go, we're back to that making decisions from a logical point of view. So if, like your client, she gets up in the morning, obviously you're hungry in the morning, you walk into this big breakfast buffet. So what she's done first is have all the good stuff, the yogurt, the fruit, that's going to make her feel amazing, that's going to get her all her micronutrients in. And then, because she's not starving, she's not ravenously hungry from the night before, she can then look about and make a decision. Do you want the pastry? which breakfast buffet pastries, hey, they're amazing. But she can make a decision based on do you want it or do you not want it? 
And then you're making decisions from a much more logical point of view. And it's the same with having high protein breakfast and a high protein lunch. So many people, when I speak to them about nutrition, they're like, do you know, three o'clock in the office. I just can't say no to crisps. It's just, oh, it's just my willpower. And I'm like, no, it's the fact that you've had a 150 calorie bowl of lentil soup for your lunch. Mm-hmm. You're, you're hungry. So you're not deciding to have these crisps at three o'clock due to lack of willpower. Your body's wanting something at three o'clock because you've not given it enough nutrients till that point in the day. So yeah, actually add in high protein and fruit and veg to your breakfast and to your lunch and your other decisions in the day are so much easier and much more logical. And those decisions you're talking about, so logical, informed decisions rather than emotion-led decisions, they're the ones that are going to leave you feeling empowered rather than having like food guilt. So most of the women I work with who struggle with guilt, it's usually when they've made a decision based on like being ravenously hungry because they haven't thought it through. There's been no logic behind it. They've just reacted to the body's impulse. But if you do these things where you're adding in to give yourself that time to think, you can choose to have a pastry because you want one. And then there's going to be no guilt after it because you made that logical decision that that's what you wanted. The guilt comes in when you haven't walked in and had the fruit and you've sat down and had three pan of chocolates. Then you're thinking, oh, now I feel guilty because I've just had, you know, a thousand calories in a sitting when I didn't really need to. So I think it's a really good way of supporting your relationship with your food and yourself, isn't it? When you start putting a bit of logic into your decisions. And it makes you more mindful of it. Like we all go in the kitchen and while we're looking for what we're going to have for dinner, pick up bits of snacks and stuff. But you don't even enjoy them because you're not mindfully eating them. You're just eating them because they're there and because you're hungry. So if you're going to have the pastries at breakfast, the takeaway, whatever it is, choose it. But make sure you're choosing it from a point of view of, I want to have that, not, oh, what did I just have there? Like, yeah, I didn't even notice eating that. So be mindful with your food and actually adding in your fruit and veg every day and adding in your protein makes it so much easier to be mindful with your decisions and choose your choices. And it could be stuff that you're adding in now in the run-up to New Year that's just laying the foundations, couldn't it? Kind of laying the solid foundations that you can start 2024 feeling like you've had that head start with habits and behaviours in place that are then going to really push you forward into a much more positive year. So I guess what I mean is, if you were listening to this pod today and you thought, like, what one thing sort of I know is holding me back? Well, maybe it's sleep. Maybe, you know, you just don't prioritise sleep. You know, you're a doom scroller. Um, you stay up late watching Netflix and then every morning you feel like shit and then that's going to impact your energy levels and your ability to focus on your diet and your hunger levels. So what if for the next 14 weeks you made sleep just your priority, that everything, all your energy is going to go into improving your sleep routine so that when you start in January, you've got it in a really solid place where you're waking up feeling energetic in the morning. Even something as little as that, isn't it, can have this huge impact on then how you are going to approach a new year. Yeah, do you know what I was going to say? Like, not to be dramatic with it, but I would guess, like, 90% of the clients we work with, if they nailed their sleep, Mm -hmm. it is literally going to solve about 10 other problems for them. One go. Like, it is such a foundation, and you make so many decisions in your day 
based on tiredness. The book um, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker was excellent. It took me ages to read it, but because it is one of those things, because you're talking about sleep all the time, I was like, oh, I'm so tired. I need a nap. <laughs> it took me ages to watch it, but there's actually a podcast. He's on Joe Rogan's podcast, about an hour and a half long on YouTube, if anyone wants to watch it. But what Matthew Walker talks about is everybody in the world, whether you're one of these people that's like, oh, I don't need any sleep, or you need lots, everybody needs, and I've not got the figures exactly right because it's in the book, but I can find it. Everybody needs, I think it's seven hours. Hmm. And he said, see all these people that are going about going, I, I get five and a half and I'm fine. I get six hours and I'm fine. He said, you're not fine. He said, science tells us you are not. You just do not realise that you are operating at a deficit of effectiveness and awareness and your brain's not operating at full capacity if you regularly sleep under, I think it's seven hours. So if you can get your sleep nailed, so many other things are going to fall into place for you. Things like hunger, movement, the choices you make, the way you interact with people is going to change. So sleep is such, if we can add to that, it's such a massive foundation. And some people need more, don't they? So yeah. obviously they have, like, you know, the average that gets written about is your eight hours. Like you say, seven's kind of optimum for most. I've got clients who know they need like nine hours sleep to be able to function and um, they'll naturally wake later than the partner will. So we look at that straight away and go, right, well, how do we make this work? So, yeah. and especially like, let's say you're a mum with little kids or you're perimenopausal. So the quality of your sleep might not be that good. Then we really need to focus on quantity. Can you get to bed earlier? so that you can be in bed for longer and try and get little bursts of sleep. Um, so, yeah, that's just a really simple one to look at, isn't it? But in terms of practicalities then, because I love us to give out some kind of practical tips that people can take away. First thing I would say is, after listening to this pod, write down your, I'm putting little quotations out, New Year's resolutions now on a pad like let's pretend it's January 1st what do you want to achieve and then have a look at why you would possibly what would be the reason why you would wait to January to start there, there can't possibly be a reason but let's have a look at it and go why wouldn't you start right now and that's kind of what I do go what are my goals and also I think even more importantly why do I want them so why is my life going to be better how am I going to benefit if I achieve these things in 2024 and why wouldn't I start now? Yeah, and if you work it out, I worked it out a couple of years ago, if you had, say, I think it's Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, Hugmany, the 31st of December, and I think two other meals or something out in the whole month of December, it works out to 70% of the month, you're still on plan, or you're still ticking off your habits. So even in a really busy month like December, you can still tick off 70% of the things you want to do, even in the busiest month and the most social month of the year. And October and November are not busy social months for anybody. <laughs> so why not start now? You're literally going to, even if, because people always look at things, they want to do 100%. They want to get it 100% right. And I've got to be perfect and I don't want social occasions in here. Even if you can do 60, 70, or 80% of the things that you want to do, the impact of that is massive. You could make so many changes by the 1st of January. And like you say, I would write down, what do you want to achieve? And actually, what will you get from it? So a lot of people say to us, I want to lose weight. Right? Why do you want to lose weight? 
and we'll boil this down with people and it turns out people want to lose weight because they want to run about with their kids. They want to feel more confident. It's not actually about the weight loss itself. People just aim for the weight loss as a tool to get where they want to go. So I would really think about where do you want to go? What What is it you actually want from this? What are you going to get if you change these habits and if you lose this weight? What are you going to get from this? Have a real strong connection to your why. And I think it's worth also looking that, you know, if let's say you're 50 years old and you know that your resolutions have been the same thing for the last decade or longer, why haven't you been achieving them? Why is it still getting written on that piece of paper year after year after year? It's probably because you aren't connected to the goal, like you've just said, probably because you don't even know why you're doing it. And most likely because you're going all or nothing. Because you started on the 1st of January and going, that's it now. I'm like super fit, going to work out five times a week, eat no sweets, drink no wine. You need to have a long-term lifestyle approach to it. And that is starting now with 14 weeks to make small, achievable little changes to, to build that foundation. So what would be if what would be your top three things to add in to your day? So something you don't need to give anything up. We're not asking you to lose anything out of your life. We're not asking you to give up loads of time. What three things, they're probably going to overlap here, are three things, but what three things would you add in? What would be your first one? Um, so I would add in protein to every meal and make protein my main focus. I would say that is probably nutritionally your absolute foundation. Like, yeah. If you can increase your level of protein, boom, game changer. Yeah, because calories are key for fat loss. We can't get that twisted. However, hitting your protein is going to make it so much easier to stay within a calorie deficit. It's a game changer. So that would be my first one would be focus on protein with every meal. My second one would probably be um, adding more movement where I can. So not necessarily workouts, burpees, but adding in an extra work, a walk at lunchtime adding in one class a week if I currently don't do anything. So not setting myself a big unrealistic goal, but just looking to add in a little bit of movement to my week. And I think that's the that's the important word because that was the same word I was going to use. How surprising. I was going to say movement. So I'm not we're not necessarily saying add in workouts. Add in movement. Move your body more. And it can be things like a walk at lunchtime. Go an extra block on your walk with the dog my favorite have a dance break literally when you're standing in the kitchen next to the pot of pasta or whatever it is bang your favorite song on and bust a move in the kitchen really difficult in my kitchen because my kitchen's literally like covered but <laughs> that extra movement just move your body it doesn't have to be really prescriptive and exact like a workout but move your body more and do it in a way you enjoy like, you call it a little movement snacks, don't you? Take a yeah. little movement snack. <laughs> like a movement snack. So things like if you were just to move an extra five minutes twice a day, that's 10 minutes in a day. That's mm-hmm. 70 minutes in a week. That's loads of movement. That's tons of steps. And you could literally just get up three minutes, stick on your favourite song on Spotify, bust a move. Yeah. Um, Three is hard, but a third thing that I would say is really positive to add in um, is planning for your week. 
So I was thinking there, like so many things I'd say, oh, that's good, that's good. But for like no-brainers, stuff that's going to make you find it easier to stick to change is setting out that time to plan for the week. So, you know, 15 minutes on a Sunday, quickly drafting what your teas are going to be that week, quickly drafting, you know, but simple stuff like my breakfast and lunch is basically the same every day and then my teas are easy things, but just taking that time means that it doesn't all go to shit on Monday morning when I get up and I don't know what I'm having for breakfast and I've not done my food shop. And so just, I'd say, focusing on protein, focusing on adding in some movement and carving out some set time where you plan your week. Just a basic draft of how it's going to look to keep you on track. What are your three? I mean, they're probably, like you say, loads overlapping. Overlap. So other, what I'm going to, I'm going to clean these other two then. Because I would I would have picked all the same ones as you, but also like we've said before, sleep. Add in more sleep, or at least add in more rest. Because I know a lot of the people listening to this podcast are perimenopausal or have young kids, and they're like, I literally cannot sleep, like because I cannot get to sleep, or the kids are awake. So we're completely aware that you maybe cannot actually sleep, but you could rest a wee bit more. Yeah, and what I mean by that is like Beck said earlier get to your bed a wee bit earlier, put the phone down, read a book, an actual physical book. Read that Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep book. It'll put you right out what I like. But have more downtime for your nervous system to relax and get to your bed a wee bit earlier if you can. And my third one would be hydration. So add in a wee bit more water. We're not asking you to cut out the coffees because Lord knows nobody wants to be cutting out their coffees. But add in a wee bit more hydration along with the coffees or the glass of wine at night or whatever it is you're having. And actually get into the habit of carrying a water bottle about with you. You get some really nice ones now that will keep your water cold all day. And if you're well, then... But can I just interject with, I completely agree. But can I kind of ask you why? Because you might get this. Now and again, I'll get a client who will say they've not lost fat and it's like... Well, I'll, I need to. I've not. I know I've not been drinking enough water though, and I'm like, hmm, you not drinking enough water is not the reason you've not lost fat. So I don't want anyone to listen and think, oh, I need to be hitting however much water to lose fat. That's not what we're saying, is it? No, no. So I always say to people, the reason that we focus on hydration is very similar to the reason we focus on sleep. Yeah, because your decisions will be different if you are dehydrated. The only thing that's going to affect your fat loss is your calorie deficit. So mm-hmm. actually, if we're looking at reasons you've not lost fat, you've not been in a calorie deficit and it's that simple. And it's yeah. there's no other, there's lots of other things that will affect how easy it is to be in a calorie yeah. deficit. Your protein, your sleep, your hydration, your fiber, your planning, all of these things. So actually everything we really tell you about is how to make your life easier, how to make your journey easier. And actually, if you're dehydrated, it affects things like alertness so your decision making is different but also a lot of time makes you feel like you're hungrier so if you feel tired and you feel hungry the natural thing a lot of the time is to go for more snacks whereas if you're perfectly hydrated you might be a bit more alert you don't feel that same hunger feeling and you will make better decisions with your food so yeah and I think that that was all that was always the thing with swimming clubs like they always had reasons that you hadn't lost fat because you'd be like I've stuck to my 18 points or whatever it is so they they didn't have a way to tell you that 
you're not in a calorie deficit because you can't see a calorie deficit at loving clubs. So they always come up with things like, mm, but you've had more cheese than I would recommend. And I'm like, but yeah, but it's in your book that I can eat that amount of cheese. Yeah, but, or like, yeah, like exercise. Oh, you've, this was the one that used to drive me insane. And like, you can't see now, but I'm actually rubbing my forehead. <laughs> it was actually, it was a friend of mine that went to a swimming club hadn't lost weight for a couple of weeks. And they said to her, what have you been doing? Blah, blah, blah. Other Talking about other stuff outside nutrition. And she'd been going to like body combat and body pump classes. And they went, oh, yeah, that's why you've not lost Because you've turned fat into muscle. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get down there. <laughs> like, okay. and I'm like, it, it's, it's, not, it's not even physically possible. Like... To turn fat into muscle. So to clarify, because there will be people while they're thinking, oh, I think you can do that. No. Yeah. You yeah. lose body fat, you gain muscle. It takes a lot longer to gain muscle than it does to lose body fat. Yeah. So if within two weeks your scales haven't changed, you haven't gained muscle in two weeks. The woman at Slimming World possibly tedious link might mean that when you exercise there's inflammation in your body that could cause scales to fluctuate potentially but you're not gaining muscle in those short spaces of time now if somebody says to you you know you've been training for six months the weight on the scales hasn't changed but your body has changed a lot the chances are that you've dropped body fat and you've gained muscle over six months. So you weigh the same, but your body takes up less room in your clothes because yeah. muscle takes up less space than fat. So that's why your weight might stay the same, but your gene size goes down because body fat takes up more space. So I just had to pop that in because I know that somebody will be thinking, well, I thought that's what's happened to me. Gaining muscle, unfortunately, because you'll be the same as me, I love gaining muscle, <laughs> takes forever. Well, it's so intentional. You have to make sure everything's on point. You have to really work intentionally to gain muscle over months and months and months. You will it's never gain it by accident. Like... Nah, go to body pump. No, it's like, it's actually a really, a really hard thing to do. And you've got, like you say, you've got to be so intentional about it. And the reason that you have not lost weight over a fortnight is not because you've turned fat into muscle. I wish oh, it was ultimately it's probably because you've not been in the calorie deficit. Or there might be like a hormonal fluctuation affecting the scales. But so to clarify there, we've said, haven't we, adding protein, yep. adding movement, little movement snacks, um, adding a bit of time for planning. And I'm not saying do all of these. I'm overwhelmed. Saying <laughs> pick one, pick one pick to one. add next week. Uh, and then you said Adding in sleep, adding in hydration. Did you have another one or did we share protein? Yeah, share protein. So really I'm sneaky four. So yeah. yeah so adding just one of those. One next two weeks. See how you feel. It's probably gonna spur you on. You feel like you're succeeding, you're ticking off a new box. Two weeks later, adding another one and imagine where you could be by January the first. It's crazy where you could be by then. And the time's going to pass anyway. So you might as well spend it doing something that serves you and serves your goals. Yeah. And like you said, the time's going to pass anyway. It's going to be like, Happy New Year, before you know it. So you might as well do something for yourself in that time. Stop putting it off until, because if you put it off to January, then oh, it gets to January and you're like, oh, Easter. And then it gets to Easter. Oh, summer. Start now. No one ever regrets starting, do they? They never say, I wish I'd started later. That is not going to be what you say. 
No, never, never in my career have I heard somebody being like, "Oh, I'm so sad I've made this progress." <laughs> or I just waited. <laughs> oh, I think this is a good one. Hopefully, a few people will be feeling pumped and ready to start on the goals now. Yes, so do reach out to us on social media and let us know what one thing are you going to add in this week. Yes. Bex, it was amazing to speak to you and I will speak to you very soon. ta